Hello, everyone. Welcome to our little podcast, One for the Table. My name is Kim T, and I'm John Kang. And even though we will be a humble podcast, we're never going to stop you from providing you with superstars as our special guest. He's like a better version of us. Like, yeah, looking more successful, probably better to hook, more money. His parents love him and are <laughs> proud of him. He's probably with better height yeah. than two. Oh, yeah. He's like, like, we can, like, see his teeth right now. His teeth are whiter than ours. Yeah. <laughs> no, the 100% water. I don't feel like a single plaque, like, anywhere. Like, yeah. Thing. yeah. No plaque with there. No plaque for there. He probably lost this, like, three times a day. <laughs> One of my favorite chefs and TV personality, Ronnie C. Woo. What up? I can't tell if I was supposed to laugh or not, but I was laughing. I'm not standing up you, but... Uh, <laughs> We were just talking earlier how my middle name is Chi, and like, and then John's dog's name is Mochi. There's just a lot of cheese in the family, like kimchi, John Chi, and Chi. It's it's a good it's a good word. Thank you, thanks for having me, guys. I love yeah, well, that intro. <laughs> we do our best. We do our best. We're very practiced, very rehearsed. Thank you for sharing your Chi with us. Yeah, of course, anytime. I love sharing my Chi with you guys. So Ronnie actually has a cookbook coming out on March 14th, which is available for pre-order on Amazon right now. What is it called? Yet Fatty. I'm <laughs> <laughs> by name. My book. Have you eaten yet, Fatty? I did cancel like even before the book came out. <laughs> I feel like you're just speaking to me. <laughs> like I I feel like I'm speaking to myself, actually. I feel like that's what yeah. I would say, but you know, gotta be sensitive. I'm uh, you don't want to be like, you know. Uh, you don't want to be like uh, ostracizing anybody or making one any Wait, bad. Really quick. So, did any of you like you know? We all we all have like family and friends and relatives in Asia and stuff. Uh, so was like fat just like a word that your aunties would throw around at home? Like Kim, are you typing? <laughs> we can hear you. We can hear you type. Oh, sorry. Focus. <laughs> sorry. So my designer's at the fabric store right now, so it was something I had to like, get back right away. <laughs> I love the full attention I'm getting from you. Guys. <laughs> no, actually, I'm fully listening. Don't worry. I'm pooping and making I'm multitasking, okay? I'm the only person here that's fully here, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm fully here. I'm in the guest rooms. I'm fully here. There's nothing here. Um, but your question, yes, I yeah, so yeah, that was thrown around all the time. You know, my mom took me to my when I was younger. My mom took me to my pediatrician and asked me why I was getting fat. And then, then like when I got like really, and then I had a growth spurt. He's like, she, he's just like a child. He's probably just like loves food. And then when he, when he, when I had a growth spurt and I got really really skinny, like to the point where I looked like I was. Um, like not eating, although I was eating a shit ton. My mom took me to the pediatrician was like, why is he so skinny? And I was like, <laughs> I'm like pretty steers. Like it never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bigger kid. And so like they always, I had the nickname with like all the aunties and uncles, like everybody would call me Fei which means. Fei like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got that all the time. And like, it was like, Always like a half compliment, half not. 
like i think with guys it's like okay yeah you you kind of want like to have like a fat fat baby boy and stuff like that but like it was always so backhanded is everything was always so backhanded everything is backhanded in the asian families you kind of like have to like set your boundaries of like what is backhanded and what's not my mom so be like like, I really like your hair today, but it, can you keep it like this forever? Because I didn't like it before. And it's like, <laughs> are we, like, seriously, mom, like, thanks for the compliment. And the I just think you should be, like, so happy with that. <laughs> I don't. I've heard a lot of Koreans, you know, like, when we greet each other, the first thing we say is, like, oh, my God, like, you got so much fatter or you've lost so much weight. Yeah. <laughs> As if, like, Vermont. <laughs> that's, like, the one thing that you should ever pay attention to. Our aunties, like, when they're feeling, like, tactful... They always say, oh, you look very prosperous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange. It's a very strange pat. It's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like everybody is just, like, obsessed with weight all the time. And I know, like, the new, like, woke thing is, like, not to talk about anyone else's body. But, like, anytime, like, I don't know, like, a celebrity or even when I post photo of the first comments, they're, like, is it just me or has kimchi gotten fatter? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, people in the public eye are just, like, they are like the exception, it seems. It's like if you put yourself out there or if you are out there, whether you want to or not, it's like people you're just open to everyone's criticism and comments. Totally. People think they have the right to like make comments about you, which, you know, ultimately, I guess it's you're not, you're never, we're never going to stop people from being trolls. It's kind of like we have to, um, you know, it's like almost sad. You have to like either become numb to it or like ignore or turn a blind eye to it or just block them <laughs> yeah either way like for any of us it's just engagement <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's all numbers right yeah. right we engagement um back to your cooking book yeah <laughs> my cookery book yeah so it's called did you eat yet and um i mean john you might you might get this i mean kim you're korean so this I, i'm sure it said differently but like it's something my mom always says and that's how shiny whatever you know there's different variations of it but it really boils down to did you eat or have you eat yet um you know so the book is did called did you eat yet the subtitles craveable recipes by an all-american asian chef and i think the the goal was to really showcase recipes that were inspired by my asian upbringing but also inspired by my american upbringing so it's not like one or the other more so than the it's like because I feel like very fully American and also very fully Asian, but also like I've traveled and seen so much of the world that I also want to incorporate those different aspects into it as well. So, um, I mean, the book is not to be taken. Uh, it's not like a serious cookbook where I'm di- you know, diving into um, the history of this dish or something, because this dish, my, some of my dishes don't even have really have a history other than I cooked it. You know, and I loved it or my mom made it. And that it only goes as far as back as something my mom put together. Um, and so the book itself is supposed to be really fun, lighthearted. Um, a lot of like every recipe has a story and a photo and this um, so photo of the dish. And then stories that I just spent a lot of time writing uh, and putting thought into. But not like they're not like deep stories. They're supposed to be kind of some of them are kind of deep, you know, uh, or like, you know, one of the stories like when my dad. Um, sort of like finally, not finally, but when my dad sort of had this um, moment where he accepted me being gay um, or, you know, um, where I met my, when I first went on a date with my husband or things like that. But they're all like jovial and funny. Like they're not supposed to be serious. I don't really dive into 
really heartbreaking stuff for the most part. <laughs> well, I love the title of your book because like I've heard like a lot of people when like I know Chinese people, but like, I, you know, it's safe to assume like a lot of Asian and a lot of East Asian people where like we don't really express emotion or affection very well. So like a lot of times people say, I was like, okay, well, yeah, my parents never said I love you. But one thing they always did say was like, did you eat yet? Or are you hungry? And that was like always like their way, especially if you grew up in a situation where food was scarce, like being able to like show affection and show like how much they care for you through like food just by asking that is like kind of their way of saying it. So I thought that that's a really good title. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is a hundred percent true. I mean, you explained it really well. Food is also just, you know, it's not just in like East Asian or Asian cultures. It's in a lot of, I think like a large cultures when I, when I share the title of the book, I think a lot of um, people are like, whether they're Asian or not, they kind of relate to it in the sense, I think, you know, it doesn't have to be your mom, either your dad or anyone, you know, food is sort of mm-hmm. is nourishing. And so that was the whole point. Um, it was just to sort of have, like, I like the title because I think it was just something that people could relate to. And hopefully when they open the book, they could relate to everything in there even more. Mm. And when you release the second book, it's going to be called, Are You Still Eating? <laughs> and that's where the sad that's where the dark stories are <laughs> the trauma dumping not, oh my gosh Kim T, is there something we need to talk about because i feel like you're i'm reading between the lines and there's just something we need to explore here <laughs> well i have a lot of trauma but i could never afford therapy so <laughs> well i can help you i have a background in therapy so we'll have another session after this because that sounds so stupid and condescending. <laughs> Are you cheap? It depends on how this book does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, you gotta sell the soup for this, Kimchi. <laughs> it is available for pre-order on Amazon right now, so you guys should go and get it. <laughs> yeah, otherwise I'm gonna pay for the some therapy session. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm nervous about it because uh, it was the book itself was actually made during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, I, John, we talked about this before, but like, I think like I, I was saying that my experience was like really wonderful. I actually really enjoyed making it. I think it was a really fulfilling process um, just to get to be creative and just dive into it, um, you know. And so I'm kind of I'm like nervous about it coming out, but excited at the same time. So I just hope. I think my biggest thing is just hope people like it and I hope that people get some sort of joy or entertainment or some good food out of it or all of the above. And that's really, I think if they do, then, you know, that's my job has been done. Did I say that correctly? (laughs) I've done, I mean, that's my job. Yeah. I think the most exciting thing about writing or like for, especially for us cooks, like it is in our nature to want to see like you're always very curious when you make food and then you see someone taste it or you like you serve it to somebody and you're always curious. And you, I have a habit of like watching people eat my food and just trying to gauge their reactions. It's no different uh, than like when you're when you write a book, you like have the opportunity once your book is out there, you'll have an opportunity to get like reactions from people who have been following you along your journey all this time. And I'm sure it's going to be like, it's going to be a really exciting experience for you to have because it actually like, like what, I don't know if you have any plans to go on like a tour or anything. Um, But even if you do something locally, like you'll have an opportunity to like people will come and see you when you go to book signings and stuff like that. And you get to see the people behind 
uh, that get to their reading the words that you write. Totally, totally. I mean, as far as the book tour goes, one of my biggest fears about doing like in person is like, what if like no one shows up and you're just like sitting there, like twiddling your fingers, you're just like, mm, you know. But in terms of like the actual book tour, I think it's 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 all sort of being discussed right now, sort of what makes the most sense and where we can sort of um, get to the most people, um, whether it's, you know, a book tour or a broadcast or media or, you know, print, whatever it is. Um, it's all sort of like, because, you know, you only have so much time in a day and it's trying to figure out how many, like the most people we can reach. But um, I think every author does it differently. Yeah. Would you have any, when you do anything like locally though, like maybe small bookshops in like that are already like by you? Yeah, totally. I think I would, I would like to do um, some indie bookshops and maybe some bigger bookstores as well. But I guess it just kind of, again, depends on whatever else is on the docket. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm excited for it all. I think, you know, the whole process has been so amazing. And I think I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm also excited about sort of the, the promotional marketing aspect of it as well. And hopefully people just respond and like it. The chapters are actually divided from like breakfast all the way to dessert. So there's like a breakfast chapter. There's a sauce chapter where it's just sauces. Um, there's happy hour chapter, a nudes chapter, like noodles. Uh, yeah. Nice. And then there's like steaks, a beef chapter, a chicken chapter, and then um, a seafood chapter. And I have favorites in all of them. I have to say, I think my favorite chapter is breakfast. But then I think my favorite recipe is this like, um, is actually the nudes. And it's like a, a almond pesto udon. And I think it, that just kind of encapsulates sort of a little bit. It, it encapsulates more sort of how it's how the recipes are sort of a combination of just the different foods that I like and smushing them together. But I mean, it's a hard question to say what's my favorite recipe, just simply because I think there's so many in there that are really fun and yummy and easy um, that I can't answer that question, Kim. How many recipes are in the book? Uh, I haven't actually, when we finalized all the recipes, I didn't actually, I don't remember if I counted exactly, but it's a little over 100. So between that's, 100, 100. That's a good size. Yeah. That's a very good size book. And yeah. You know, but new section. How many shirtless photos of you or yourself do you have in the book? <laughs> well, I, I'll say that there's one complete nude. It's a full spread. Oh. Um, it's right in the center. Are those for pre-orders only it's or is like, that for everybody? It's just like spreading. It's for editing that buys the book. Like, I just really wanted to be real with people. I just like, you know, I just think it was a, it's just something that I want people to see. It's like the real me. So, oh, is it the oppressive sniff page we're telling you? It's a kind of thing. Yeah, there's two of them. There's one for the front and one in the back. And it's both spread eagle. Uh, you know, no hair, hair, no hair, no makeup, no filter, nothing. Just a real me. Uh, no, but there's a shirtless picture and there's like a couple of the like, because it's like a summary book. And it's like, yeah, you know, so it, and they're not super salacious or scandalous, but you know, it's just me being mean. So you'll have to buy the book to see it. <laughs> but nothing that's gonna like make you lose your appetite or age. <laughs> do we get to see your feet <laughs> oh my god the feet people in the, the feet i think oh, if they're paying for the book they're gonna want to see the feet i think i can't i'm trying to think do i have a, a foot picture in there i don't know i i personally hate feet by the way like i hate feet um i mean same with you know what growth 
Eric Kim promised tons of feet in his book, Korean American, on Twitter, and now it's a New York Times bestseller. So whether or not there is feet, you should definitely promise feet. That's true. I should definitely, I should definitely, I mean, Eric's obviously very genius and he knows what he's doing. So I feel like I need to go. Yeah, exactly. Just do what Eric does and promise feet. I'm just going to flash a bunch of pictures of Timothy Chalamet and say there's yeah. <laughs> No, Eric's got, Eric's got a excuse, but he's so funny though, like. His obsession for Timothy Chalamet is, is, is so cute. And Wendy is adorable. It's, it's so, so adorable. cute. <laughs> I know. It is very cute. If you promise, like, feet, and then it was, like, a bunch of recipes on how to cook chicken feet. <laughs> I'm like, I never said what kind of feet. You know, we've got yeah. fake feet, chicken feet. I love chicken feet, by the way. It's, there's no recipe of chicken feet in my book, but I do remember eating chicken feet with my grandmother and actually enjoying it. For anyone who hasn't tried it, it's not that gross. It's, it's good. They're good. Oh, good. If you like, it's like pretty much eating like all skin. It's like all skin. It's pretty much that's that all skin and, and like kind of like cartilage. It's it's, it's good. delicious. It's delicious. And it's actually probably good for you, I'm assuming, because like cartilage and skin is. Yeah. Yeah. It's collagen. collagen. Yeah. Because you use chicken feet to like add it to your soup. So it's, yeah, it's no different. Totally. Get it like Vietnamese style, like deep fried. You can get a Korean style, like boiled in like hot chili. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So style cooked in coconut curry. Still for them. Pinnosis is. Yeah. I know. Anthony's would do it in a sweet and savory sauce and we steam it. Yeah. And you get a lot of times no. at dim sum. Have you yeah. not had that? Dim sum. Dim sum. It did. I, 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 I love it. The basket. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I always think you give you when I go to dim sum, but. Um, I live in LA where like everybody's either like a vegetarian or vegan, or they have like weird relationship with food. Yeah, so oh, like I have to eat the entire basket of chicken feet by myself. Like no one will go with you. Are you serious in LA? Yeah, that's really too bad because like dim sum is such like a magical like meal. Oh, it's such a mad friends meal. and stuff like that. I love so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Thumb, Ronnie. What's your favorite dim sum like thing off of the cart? I don't think my favorite dim sum is in LA. Oh, I'm trying to think for my favorite dim sum. I think my the best dim sum. Well, I don't have a favorite dim sum place in LA, but I think my the best dim sum I've ever had was actually probably oddly in Macau. If that makes mm-hmm. like Macau has like no, that's that's legit. Yeah, Macau is legit. Macau has like the best food ever. Like everything is meticulous. Like all the food is meticulous. Um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, um, but it was next to the Mandarin Oriental. Top three pick. Dim sum. Add dim sum. Yeah, what are what are your top three dim sum orders? Yeah, for sure. Um, have you ever had like some, there's this one restaurant that I've had, like not all restaurants have it, but have you ever had like a cha, it's a cha su filled bowl of bao? So like, yes, like, the Michelin place in Hong Kong has it. Oh, that's maybe I'm like, is that where I had it? No, I, yeah, the places that have it, you know that they know what they're doing. But yes, I would say yes. like, so Chasi is like Chinese barbecue pork. It's like sweet and savory. And then mm-hmm. Bolo Bao is like this really yummy, chewy bread that has like this crusty, like semi, not too sweet, like topping on it that kind of crumbles when you put it in your mouth. And so when you combine the two, it's just like amazing. And then it's a good answer. <laughs> And then the other two, I love like a lot of dim sum places do like a black bean spare rib. It's not like uh, roasted; it's like steamed, um, and it's kind of like it's almost gelatinous sometimes. And I just yeah, I don't know. I love it. And then don tot, which is like uh, uh, tot. It's custard like a tart. custard tart, yeah, an egg custard yeah. tart, which is very similar to like um, 
the Portugal egg tarts. I always question who did it first, but the Portugal egg tarts tend to be like really like broiled and laid off. Yeah. And then the egg tarts and like dim sum tend to be like this perfect yellow glossy color. Flaky. Oh yeah. Yeah. Buttery. Cost the shortbread cost. Yeah. yeah. That's basically like my meal. Yeah. What is yours, Kim? My top three dim sum items are turnip cake. Oh yes, yes. I forgot about that. So yummy. The turnip cake, oh my god, especially as like a little piece of like dry pork and all that. And it's shrimp. It's shrimp, yes. And then chicken feet. And I think the last will probably be the sticky rice with the um, Chinese sausage and quail egg. The- oh, I forgot what it called, but I know what exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's so good. It's really fast, but like the rice is like so fragrant. Oh, yeah. And then uh, did I have to get it every time I go. Yes, I do love that. What's it called? I know what it's called. Um... Something fun. <laughs> Something rice. Something, Something rice. rice. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, John? Well, I like the Tasu Bala Bao as well. Um, and I had it at like, it's not the expensive Michelin dim sum restaurant in Hong Kong. That one's in the Four Seasons restaurant, but this one's in like, it's there's one star Michelin dim sum place, but it's in like a train station to the airport. Like it's really hard to get in, but it's super cheap. It was the cheapest at the time, and theirs was really good. And then I also like wugok, which is the taro. It's the taro that they deep fry in a way that it flakes. It kind of flakes in this really really soft mesh. So, like, the outside portion is, yeah, it's very airy, and it's, like, it's football-shaped, but it's, like, surrounded by, like, this fried taro, like, net. And then the inside is, like, a mashed taro. It's delicious. Yeah. It was, like, my favorite thing as a kid. Um, And then uh, I got to say one for, like, dessert, like, uh, the mango pudding. Oh, yeah. It's, like, I love me, the mango. That's just the Hong Kong mango pudding with the coconut milk on top. Like, yeah. It's so fragrant. If it's, like, done well, it's made with, like, fresh, like, vanilla mango or honey mangoes. Like, the really, really fragrant ones. Yeah. I'm, like, mildly allergic to mangoes. It's very odd. Like, not, like, full... full, (laughs) Not, like, full on, like, I'm not gonna, like, go into shock or anything. But, like, I just kind of, like... I think I'm mildly allergic to, to, like, pit fruits. And I think that falls into the pit fruit category. Um, I think so, too. That's... Yeah. I mean, like stone fruit or stone what? Stone fruit. Stone fruit. fruit. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> John's like, you're stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just like, I just wanted to clarify because like stone fruits are Kim's favorite. Yeah. yeah stone fruit. <laughs> I love stone fruits. I just get like, I just get itchy like in the throat and you know, no one's that's definitely allergic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get an itchy throat. And my husband's like, let me help you. And I'm like, I'm like, fine. Okay, so we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear more from Ronnie and a life as a chef. Hello, and we're back. We're talking with Ronnie Wu, and we were talking about his book and our favorite dim sum order. And now we were just about to talk about like people who actually enjoy eating, right? Was that what well, Ronnie? Yeah, at least that you like food. Yeah, yeah. People don't believe I don't like food. It's more so people don't think that I eat. You know, because I tend to, I you know, I I appear to be in shape, um, but that's because I'm like constantly sucking in. Um, but the thing is, I like. Like, legitimately love 
food. Like I love food. Like it's the one thing that like brings me constant joy. And people don't realize this, but like I can like I can eat a lot. Like people are like my family even still to this day is always like so surprised at how much food I can put down. I mean the, the truth is I generally like during the week I generally eat healthy. Um, I'll eat, and I'm not telling anyone to like take after me and how I eat. I don't know if it's healthy or not, but in the sense of like, I eat like one to two meals. I eat like two probably small meals. I do like a small meal for lunch, and then I do like a, sh- a protein shake after I work out, and then I have like a, a normal dinner, a normal sized dinner. But um, like, yeah, people just don't think I can eat. Everyone's always like, if I post a picture, people is like, but we don't see you eating it. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Sit there and just like literally watch you eat watch you like have you watch me for an hour i'm like no guys i'm, I'm eating i'm not throwing it away i'm asian i'm not gonna th- waste this food right, right. My throat. <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie i have been curious because i've seen your instagram folks where you got <laughs> so much food in front of you and um, you're like posing shirtless like, with this food and i'm like does he actually eat all that well, I mean, you're with somebody else but I, well, yeah. I didn't eat all that <laughs> i mean i will say i'm with my husband but I probably eat like I would say like two thirds of what we order, and my husband actually eats a lot too. He's actually in really great shape as well. But he he probably eats less than me, obviously. But you know, I'm you know I'm a, a large guy. Like I'm six foot two, you know, 185 pounds. So it's not oh. like I'm like a manager person, you know. So I have like so to put it. <laughs> you tall motherfuckers can like just eat whatever the hell you like. Tall people are just like gifted with being able to eat so much food. John, how tall are I'm you? Six, I'm six foot. I'm okay. Six foot. That, you're, I'm not because I'm so short. You're tall. I'm too. not. I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm not like. I feel like six feet is like that threshold where we're like, okay, now you're tall. Like you're like the entry into like what a tall person is. But I feel like once you're like. Six two. I'm also like the shortest. I'm also like the shortest of all of my like guy cousins. Like they're all like six two and stuff. Okay. They can all like eat and just eat. I was like, apparently, once you're above six one, you could just like eat whatever the fuck you want, and it's just gonna be fine. I don't know if that's true. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm clear them. I think you need to talk to Omar therapist Ronnie Wu about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard he's free. So. <laughs> he's super condescending he'll tell you like exactly <laughs> what to do but you have um trauma of being the shortest of your family yeah <laughs> although i'm also the, like very tall i'm also the shortest person on this podcast right now so that is true all right halfway to the podcast ronnie tell us about yourself <laughs> oh my god <laughs> We definitely like just went through it into this podcast and we didn't ask you to like say anything well, about who you are and what you did. <laughs> so order liquor. We've actually recorded a podcast with Ronnie before. But um something happened before the entire podcast like wasn't taped, so did their second tape. You know? <laughs> Don't worry guys, that's like- And it's going so well. Well for the record, I'm always I love talking to you guys, so it doesn't matter if we record this, you know, one more time. Uh, let's see. Where do I even start? Um, I was born in Seattle. Um, I actually, uh, I think my very f- okay. So my very first job was at actually at a fast food joint um, at McDonald's. I worked there for like a summer, and then I became a model, <laughs> which is so random. It's like the rags to riches story, but with just no riches part. 
Uh, but it was, I worked at McDonald's and I uh, actually became a model. And then I'm, I, it's my, I feel like my story is very complicated, but I'm going to try my best to explain it. Became a model. And then I actually um, went to, I went to college after I graduated from school. After one year of college, because I was actually in a fraternity for my first year, I actually moved to LA to become a model. I signed with Willamita Models. I modeled for a year, um, like in addition to being a personal trainer. And then I went back to school, got my psychology degree. Um, and then at the end of that, I, that was when I met my husband. I met him when I was 23. Um, and then I moved to San Francisco to be with him. And that was when I got my two master's degree, one in marriage and family therapy and one in business administration. Um, and then a few years later we moved back to LA and then I kind of like immediately got my first television show. And then ever since then, that's sort of just how it kind of began. I, I also have like a, I had a, a private chef company that I started as well. Um, so it was, I was able to sort of get my experience as a chef that way. So, I mean, that's, that's like the gist of it. There's all these other little stories in between and um, it's a little bit more intricate than that, but that's kind of the gist of it. So I've kind of, I kind of like did a lot of like back and forth, I guess, but I don't regret it. I mean, I think I always encourage people to be like, you know, if there's something you want to explore, like earlier in your life is the time to do it. Not to say that later in your life, you can't explore it, but I just think there's less, obligations and less responsibilities when you're younger um and it just gets harder when you're older to explore things not because you shouldn't or you can't but just because you know you have more responsibilities and bills so that was sort of when i did a lot of my i wouldn't say soul searching but um kind of like career searching things i what i really wanted to do because you know obviously growing up in an asian family it's like you're either a doctor or a lawyer um and so all of us here are neither doctor or lawyers, at least not anymore. Um, and so that's uh, kind of how I came to be. <laughs> well, do you have any funny stories about you, the first times you started cooking for people? Um, yeah, I mean, when I first started my private chef company, this is like, gosh, this is how many years ago? This is, I think this is like a decade ago. I'm like, how old am I now? Um, but it was a decade ago, um, 37 now. So when I was like 26, 27, I think it was when I first started my private chef company. And the very first event that I did it actually lasted like 10 hours. <laughs> no joke. Because basically, um, I had never cooked for like an event or a dinner party before. And so I got hired. And essentially, you know, I my understanding was the two guys just probably thought it was cute or wanted to, you know, sleep with me or something. And I was just like, I'm like, oh, my God, you want to hire me for my cooking skills? Although I literally have no <laughs> cooking skills. You know, I'm pretty naive when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know, I just think everyone's being nice just because they're nice. And so I was like, yeah, I'll totally come over and I'll make dinner. It, it was behold, it was a dinner party. In their defense, it wasn't like they invited me over. It's just the two of them. And, you know, there was a bearskin rug in the middle of the room. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so, okay. No, it was a real dinner party. <laughs> and so um, I, I remember going straight from the grocery store to the dinner party without any prep or anything. And I was literally in the kitchen frantically trying to prepare like a simple three-course meal. But like make it nice and trying to cook potatoes in like, I don't know why I thought cooking potatoes only took like, you know, 30 minutes. But 
I started, I think I started the kid of laugh. It just, everything, it took, it took me, I think we, the dinner was supposed to be at like 6.30 and I didn't serve until like 10.30. Cause I showed up at like one or two in the afternoon and it was just literally the most nerve wracking, like anxiety inducing experience I've ever had. Luckily they were all drinking. So they were drunk and they like didn't care. I don't even think they knew what time it was. They were probably on something, but I lucked out in the sense they were really cool and they were really like understanding. But ever since that first event, I never, ever messed up another event in my life. It was just like, I learned everything I needed to learn from that one event. I was like, I'm never going to be as lucky as I was tonight where the people were super gracious, super nice and understanding and did not give me a hard time and did not chew me out. They just kind of went with the flow, even though they start literally started dinner at like 1030 at night. So, um, yeah, I think that as like a, like a gift and I ran with it and I never messed up or fucked up ever again. At least I don't think I did. <laughs> Imagine if it was like a bridal party. Oh my, oh my god. god. Bang banquet. <laughs> oh my god. I I would be dead. I wouldn't be here right now. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that Yelp that Yelp review would have killed him. Yeah. Yeah, that one Yelp review would have literally killed me. And he'd be dead. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> or if you're cooking for an Asian family. Oh my god. Family wouldn't hire a private sub. <laughs> I mean, I will say some of the Asian families have been the most um, demanding and the most um, like definitely like uh, have the most requests. But it's almost like I'm like used to it. I always tell my mom, I'm always like, mom, you would be the worst client in the entire world. And she'd be like, what do you mean? And I'd be like, and I'm like, mom, I'm not going to explain it to you. I think she partly knows but at the same time she is. I can't tell if she's joking or not. Like, I hope you do know. <laughs> She's the woman that, like, will happily tell you if something is, like, not done correctly. And then she'll also tell you how it can be done correctly. Uh, I joke in my book that my mom is a walking three-star Yelp review because she literally just is an expert. <laughs> nothing's ever that great, but nothing's ever that bad. So it's just kind of like, you know, I could do it better. I feel like for the for an elder for the elder generation of like uh, Chinese people though that is that's just how they like see life though where it's like oh it's it's not bad it's nothing is like ever like it's never up here it's just like oh if it's good it's not bad and if it's unless it's like bad it's only bad or is it not bad correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so Ronnie if you could curate the most perfect meal for yourself appetizer entree and dessert. What would the meal be? I think I can curate. I since I don't live in jail, I can curate my most perfect meal anytime. <laughs> but if I guess if I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life, and it had to be a three course meal, I think the first meal would be. It's kind of a hodgepodge. So there's no continuity to it. But the first thing would be an appetizer. Obviously, it's kind of probably going to be the strangest one. But I would, I would definitely do like a. Craft macaroni and cheese, like the blue box, just the original recipe, and then pair that with, I mean, drum roll, Tostitos lime tortilla chips, because I think that the macaroni and cheese would sort of act as like a cheese dipping sauce dip thing. And then, I don't know, the combination of cheese and mac and cheese and tortilla chips is just delicious. I mean, it's not something that I'm creating in my mind, it's something that I actually do. Um, it's the lime know, flavor, the lime, lime flavor, flavor is the best. It's so satisfying. Oh my god, it's so satisfying. And I have, I, I mean, I can't be the only one that thinks that because it's always like the one 
type of Tostitos that is always sold out. So I'm like, you know, the masses think so, then I'm on to something. Um, and then the main course would either be, it's a toss up between like this thing called Jiangxing Bao, which is like bao uh, with meat and then it's steam fried so that it's light and fluffy, but it's also got a crispy bottom to it. So it's kind of a combination of like fluffy, bready, crispy. So that's why, why if it was like my perfect meal, let's say like the last thing I could ever eat, it has like all the textures and all the flavors that I could want. But the inside is like a soup dumpling. Yes, but the inside like a soup dumpling. Yeah. They're yeah. delicious. Yeah, absolutely delicious. If you if people have never tried it, you guys should seek it out because it's delicious. Um, that or just like a big bowl of pasta, any pasta, any kind of pasta. And they have carbs here, I guess. Carbs. I, anyone who tells you they don't like carbs is lying to you. It's, it's a lie. Totally lying. No, You're one hundred percent. Your body craves carbs. Like everyone loves it. And then for dessert, I guess for just going carb, carb crazy. I would either do like banana bread. I guess I know it keeps coming up with like toss ups because it, they really are toss ups. Either like banana bread or like chocolate cake. Right now, my obsession is chocolate cake from Magnolia Bakery. It's just like that. I personally think they have the best chocolate cake. I've like been dreaming about it. And the one closest to me is like 45 minutes away. So I'm always like kind of too lazy and they don't deliver. So I'm just like, they do deliver. They do? That's your home. Yeah. Aren't they on Gold Belly? But do they deliver like instantly or do you have to wait like for in the mail? You know what I mean? All these like Postmates? Like Postmates or DoorDash or something? Do they deliver yeah. through that? Yeah. They do? Damn. Yeah. Well, here, let me look at my phone right now. It might be too fast <laughs> for me though. <laughs> I'm going to get a doorbell ring and to be like, chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah, my little bakery is right on there. When I look up, it's like really for... I see it as like mail delivery where you can get like an entire cake in the mail next week, but I like want it now. I'm very impatient. outside of like, yeah, the delivery zone. I'm outside of the delivery zone for the meat fresh that's close to me. The and meat fresh? I try. Have you ever had yeah. meat fresh, Ronnie? No. What is it's meat so fresh? That sounds oh my God. scandalous and delicious. <laughs> so it's like um, Taiwanese dessert where you can get like a bowl full of like shaped ice with br- black grass jelly with uh, like, caro and mochi balls with boba shut up or sweet potato or taro oh wait meat fresh as in like yeah. not like meat as in like beef or chicken but like meat as oh, in like meat meat yeah yeah get together meat yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah i feel like i feel like i've seen those before yes but taiwanese desserts so are the best so good so good so good like Taiwanese desserts, Taiwanese food, Taiwanese men. Taiwanese, just so, I want every, I want every, everything. Taiwanese everything. <laughs> so yum. So good. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that sounds delicious. Now, I, is, is there's no meat? There's nothing like that in LA, is there? There's a meat fresh in LA? Yeah. If there's one in Detroit, there has to be one in LA. But it's like not in like the LA area. It's like the closest one is, let me look it up. You're like, it's in North Pole still, California. Boop, 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 boop. Um, yeah, there's several meat fresh. There's one in LA, there's one in Temple City, Hacienda High, Cerritos. Are do they deliver? Oh, yes, they do. They're on Fun Fun. So, What's Fun Fun? Fun Fun. Fun Fun. Fun Fun? How do you say it in English? It's Fun Fun. Fun Fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. But isn't that what Fun Fun is? It's a delivery app for like Asian business. Yeah, it's a it's a delivery app for like yeah. But it's a, it's a prey on rice bucket. 
I thought so. Their 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 logo was like a little rice ball, so I was like, but I think Font I thought Fontuan was like supposed to be like the Mandarin version of Fontong. Oh. But, but, but rice bucket okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> rice bucket, no. Um he presses in the uh, near the Salt Tell area. Oh, like in Japantown. Yeah. I'm here that's Is that the same as Little Tokyo? No. Um Little Tokyo is like in downtown area. Saltel is like the quote unquote like the real Japanese area. That's the one with oh. Nadia, right? Nadia and there's like um there's that one ramen place by there as well. Oh, there's a well there's a lot of ramen places by there. But Sautel and Olympic. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've taken you there once, but you like left to go somewhere. <laughs> wow, that was really nice of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna calling it there out. <laughs> no, you, John, you. Huh? I've taken you to that Japanese area, but then you like left to like go have lunch in Beverly Hills or something. <laughs> Wait, you mean like my meeting with the dis- people at Discovery? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was at your... You insisted that I go meet with the Food Network people. <laughs> but it still doesn't change the fact that um, it doesn't change the force of the history. Uh, well, you left next time. We'll, little... we'll go again. You told me to go. <laughs> <laughs> you left me all alone. Oh, God. <laughs> in your in your hometown. <laughs> in the city of where you live. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> there is a lot to unpack here, apparently. And good thing we have a podcast and we're sharing it with a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean... I gotta think about this now. I'm not a very good one. <laughs> I'm not being one anymore. What have you observed, Ronnie, from the? I'm getting back to you. I feel right. like you're you're dealing with a lot of trauma. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's why I'm not a therapist. And that was like why I it was one of the reasons is just like like I feel like my therapy sessions would basically end up like what we're talking about, like food and like, uh, what can you order on post that? I mean, post me, <laughs> you know, grow hub. Uh, I think I'm just like too blunt. And I just, I mean, I will say on a serious note, therapists are amazing. My sister-in-law is actually a therapist, like a really good one. She actually just like unpacked a bunch of my stuff over Christmas. Not cause I asked her to, but just cause she wanted to, but, I'm pretty much an open book, but she was, I was telling her about how when I get to the gym, I, I sort of have a lot of anxiety because, uh, there's just like a lot, there's like too many people around and I, um, I like feel super insecure when I'm working out. I'm just like, everyone's, you know, better shape than me. And I just, I feel like have all this anxiety to like unpacked it for me. So I'll, I'll, I'll send her your way. <laughs> I feel like that's like, I feel like those feelings, I'm not like downplaying your feelings at all, but I feel like a lot of that's just like being gay at the gym. Yeah, there's definitely you no. Know, I agree. He, yeah, they're definitely. We are. It. We're very damaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's so many all, there's so many layers yeah. of being gay and Asian, and then you know, it, there's just so many, so many layers, <laughs> so many, so many, and now we're just three people who eat our feelings on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, there are worse ways <laughs> to deal with it. You know, it's true. Worse ways. I think food is a great. Um, way to deal with life. <laughs> Great way to deal with depression. <laughs> I think you're trauma, trauma. <laughs> yes. On the doctor, the postmates. Um, if you're around the LA area, 
take a look at the post made that around town because I'm I'm in the current campaign. Oh, you let me saw that with the sushi. Oh, that is so cute. You're like the sign of a sushi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was a sushi that big though? Wow, uh, human size. Like, we've actually had sushi. John and I have actually had um, Italian sushi like that. Is when? Yes. They're like known for like their jumbo like nigiri. And where? The salmon nigiri. It's literally each nigiri is a five the weird fist. It it's huge. Wait, where? It's so good. In Taiwan. And it's they only do salmon. And like we gorged on so much salmon. And it was like almost like practically all you can eat for like the price that it was. It was like so much to the point where like we gave the table next to us like all of our leftovers because we couldn't force it. <laughs> Wait, order too much. Wait, so like, okay, so is it like, is it like a ton of, is it like a plate of, is it like, I'm trying to picture it. It's just like, it was like plates of salmon sashimi that were like cut, like almost as if they were sliced steaks. It was huge, enormous balls of like nigiri with like salmon on top. It was just like, just everything was just massive. And we were used to eat ordering like regular Japanese. We ordered like we would at a regular Japanese restaurant all these different dishes and it was just salmon on salmon on salmon but like everything the portions were so big we were like oh my god we ordered probably like six or seven things we could only go through like three oh, we should all go to taiwan like oh it's so good oh and that sounds it's so good i'm so hungry now you guys <laughs> i know me too that sounds delicious i like i like giant sized portions of things for some reason i don't know why i just can't put my finger on it I like things that are giant thighs are like really mini like you know that's literally what I mean I love mini things like really tiny things are really big things that is literally my my deal oh my god I love that you said that because that's legit what I say all the time like I love super tiny things and I love really big things so. Don't get me in of that normal average bullshit. Yeah. Just like average is boring. <laughs> yeah. Either be minuscule like, or too longish. Yeah. Everything feels like croissants that are going viral, like this bakery selling four tiny mini croissants for like two fifty. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I will say the mini baking, I will say as much as I love little things. And my one of my nieces loves like mini baking. Those there's like a there's like she watches a few different things where it's like people making tiny things. I do find it slightly odd when people make like, like the mini baking. Cause at first my question is like, how do you curate all those tiny mini equipment? And like, mm-hmm. and then like, what is the point of make spending all that time making a tiny little pin sized, you know, croissant? Where... It's cute, but like, <laughs> okay. Unless see, I would want to eat it like cereal. I would want to eat those tiny things like in a bowl with a spoon. That's true. With butter. With butter. Just oh. Kim, where'd you say earlier that you don't put milk in your mac and your craft mac and cheese and you put butter? Oh yeah. More yeah. butter. Wait, what? Instead of that, like, you know, like one fourth cup of like milk, but instead of that, I just added a little more butter and it's just as just as creamy and just as rich and good. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's more creamy. I've never tried that either. But we try it. Okay, I'm gonna try it, and then it milk died. Die. <laughs> I love milk. I use half and half in my mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, that's a good. No, what's it? Craft mac and cheese. No one uses. Half oh, craft mac and cheese. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I this is my my baked mac and cheese, yeah. like your le- like your legit one. This is the craft mac and cheese, yeah. the original. Oh. <laughs> so I put butter in my instead of milk. Oh, more butter. Okay. So does that mean like you yeah. put two sticks of butter in, or like a whole? No, no, no not that much. Maybe just like <laughs> she ain't tried it out. Maybe just like a tablespoon more, maybe butter. How? Okay, I'm gonna try it because you know, like mac crab mac and cheese, you have to eat it right away, yeah, or else it starts to get like weird and kind of dried. Yeah, and dried. So I'll still eat it. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say no to yeah, yeah. mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Any kind of boss, I'll put it in my mouth. But anyways, I'm getting really hungry. So <laughs> I think this is like We're a good place to end it. <laughs> it <is>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ronnie, so much for joining us. Yes. Again, tell us about when your book is coming out and what to look out for, where where they can get it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so my book, Did You Eat Yet, comes out March 14th this year, 2023. And you can pretty much buy it anywhere books are sold. Uh, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out sort of like, you know, social media or anything for like updates and, you know, whether I do a book tour or, or whatnot, where you can catch me on TV or I don't know, wherever I'll be. <laughs> and where can, no, yeah, where where can people follow you? Uh, people can follow me on Instagram at Ronnie Siwu and then on Twitter at Ronnie Siwu, Facebook at The Delicious Cook. I'm trying to think what else. The, that, yeah, those are the main ones. I, I, I like can't keep track of all the different social media platforms. So those are the main ones. I didn't there. know you were on Twitter. I am following you now. I did not know you were on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Oh my gosh, I was learning all these things. I am on Twitter. I'm like okay. so very bad. <laughs> social media is confusing me. That's why you guys are so brilliant. You guys are like the kings of social media. I literally have no idea how social media works. Oh no, well... Kim is the actual. Oh, there you are. Look at those abs. <laughs> There's your book. It's so. Oh my god, there you go. Your cover is so cute. Honestly, like, would apps like that we need social media? Um, <laughs> no, just yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, and like our lives. And our lives. <laughs> That's true. I would I actually probably be okay without social media because it can be very time consuming. It can be. Yeah. Agreed. But it's worth it okay. to be able to connect and interact with our fans. But thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. This was delightful. Thank you for having me. I love you guys both so much. Thank you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>